Hi there and welcome to the eighth row of the 30 days of 30 minute workouts for 2022. Now today's row is going to be 20 strokes a minute and at 2k plus 18 pace. Don't worry if you don't understand what that means um, for most of it. But what we're going to do is nine and a half minutes at that. And then we're going to take 30 seconds of doing power strokes. So really what that means is that for those 30 seconds, you put in max power from your feet, okay? You still hold the same stroke rate, but I want you to really put everything into 10 strokes. That's 30 seconds. Then you go back to your slower pace, okay? Now, I'll talk to you more about that actual pacing thing during the warm-up. So don't worry if you're like, what the heck is he on about with 2K plus 18? Don't worry about it. We'll talk about that in the warm-up, which we need to get into. So we have to set up our machine first. And on a concept two, that means heading straight for the drag factor and setting that to where you want it to be. If you don't know about drag factor, just set it between four and five, okay? Too low isn't the issue. Setting it too high, like up at 10, that's the problem, especially on a clean machine. Uh, if you're not on a concept two, you're on something else, just set the resistance so you get a nice feel from the stroke, but you're not having to tug against it and like really heave to get the machine moving. Next up, if you're able to, set your machine at eye height, like my big iPad, oh, um, so you're not having to look up and you're not having to look down. I do have to look up for the iPad, of course. Um, and finally, if you can change the foot plate height, get it to a point where you can come to the front of the stroke with your shins pointing vertically, okay? If you're set too high, that can be a bit tough. If you're set too low, you can go scooting straight past. So let's get into this four minute warm up. We're gonna do this run about 20 strokes a minute again. Just follow me for the stroke, great. And I just want you to think about pushing enough with your feet that it's almost like you're just standing up from a squat. Imagine you're squatting down with like some shopping bags and then you're standing up. That's the amount of power I want you to put in for the time being for this warm up, and then you can increase it after a minute. Okay, so here we go. In three, two, one, let's go. Now the reason I only want you to put in a light push is that I want you to concentrate on the timing between that push of your feet into the machine and your hands connecting the handle to the machine and that means like the point when it bites into the flywheel in the case of a concept two or the mag wheel on something else or the water wheel because you want to push at exactly the same time that your hands connect and it, to help that you want to make sure you have straight arms as you come forwards and a forwards tilt in towards the front of the machine and that way it, it's easier for your hands to be in the position that when you push with your feet they connect at the same time and also that power from your feet goes into the machine more efficiently so i want you to increase power just a little bit, so that it kind of feels right about the intensity you'd feel if you were walking up 10 flights of stairs or a consistent flight of stairs. So your heart rate is up, your breathing is up, but not so much that you can't hold a conversation or that you feel you're working too hard. This is a low intensity. And this, it's the intensity I want you to row most of today's session at. So when I say 2K plus 18 pace, which is 18 seconds slower than your average 2K 500 meter pace, this is kind of what I want you to row at if you don't have those numbers. Okay, one more stroke. Let's put one foot on the ground. Continue rowing. Now don't worry if what I just said about 2k pace, you're like, what, what? What did you just say? You can either completely ignore me 
and just continue to think about kind of five out of 10 effort being that walking up the stairs intensity or read the description to this video where I describe 2K pace in a much better way. <laughs> Change feet, continue rowing, and then you can consider doing a two kilometer time trial in order to get an accurate training pace because it does make a lot more sense to have a proper training metric, something that you know you can row at rather than it being, well, today I feel like rowing at this pace because it can change from day to day. Last one here, put both feet back in. I'm gonna tighten my straps, legs straight and row with your back and arms. So that means swinging with your back first to pick up the tension of the handle of the machine and then pulling in with your arms. Then you go out with the arms and tilt back over your hips again. So rock, pull, out, rock. Rock, pull, out, rock. One more here. And let's roll to the front with straight arms and the forwards tilt and just press lightly out from the front because I want you to concentrate on holding the forwards tilt and straight arms as you push, as you connect your feet to your hands. If you push too hard, it's tougher to get that sensation. I just want you to think about feeling when your hands hit that biting point of the flywheel or the water wheel or whatever, and making sure that's exactly when you push with your feet too. Whoosh. Okay, so, as I've been doing so far in this series for the 2022 20, version, I'm gonna replay the video from 2021. So you're about to see a slightly younger version of me with slightly less hair and certainly less facial hair. Um, and then I'll join you at the end of that for a cool down. So enjoy your 30 minute row. What we're doing today is 30 minutes at 20 strokes a minute, 2K plus 18 pace. We row for nine and a half minutes. Then we do 30 seconds worth of power strokes. We row for nine and a half, 30 seconds of power strokes, row for nine and a half, 30 seconds of power strokes, unless you are feeling drained. In which case, just keep on going at 2K plus 18 pace the whole way through, okay? So, right, let's get ready to go in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. So, 20 strokes per minute, 2K plus 18 pace. So that's 18 seconds slower than your average two kilometer time trial pace. Now, I do get asked a few times how often you should do a 2K to kind of keep your training pace honest. Um, and truth is, just whenever you can, every time you think you've had an improvement, do a 2K. Um, if you think, you know what, my training's gone well, I think I could go faster, then the best way to know that is to give it a bash and see I mean, the opposite, you might want to just, I say you had to take a few weeks off. Maybe you were at work or 
I'm not going to say illness because that's not quite as applicable, but say just life got in the way and you haven't been on to row for a couple of weeks, then you can kind of just slow down your training pace by three or four seconds until you feel you're back to where you were. But when it comes to improvements, you're best to actually do the 2K time trial to prove you are that fast. Because otherwise, you can be training a little bit too fast when you're not quite ready for it. Which isn't too much of an issue when it comes to the top tier or the mid-tier workouts on my performance intensity pyramid. But it's these bottom tier sessions that are really important to not go faster than the pace guide. One of the toughest things to try and get people to do is to hold the pace down on these sessions. Whether it's, I don't know, part boredom for some, or just because it's easy to go faster. I find a lot of people will get in touch and say, oh yeah, I did so-and-so session. I felt like pushing it a few seconds faster. Still felt good and whatever. And it's not really the point. The point isn't to do a session like this at like 2K plus 15 instead of 18 and still feel okay. The point is to keep this down at the lower end of intensity and exertion so that you can build up your core fitness so that your blood system develops and becomes more efficient at carrying oxygen around your body and taking carbon dioxide out of your body. And that's what these 18 strokes a minute and 20 strokes a minute and even the 22s too. As long as you keep your intensity and heart rate down by sticking to the pace guides, then that's what will happen as you're rowing them. But if you suddenly push a session like this up to 2K plus, say 15 for the whole row, suddenly you've increased the intensity and you've left the value of this session as prescribed. So 
what you've done is you turned it into a mid-tier, mid-intensity workout. And that is coming tomorrow. So you'll have run two of them, one after the other, and really run the risk of emptying your bowl of power that you have available when you're rowing. It's like odd reference here, but the Highlander movies. Highlander 1, good film. Highlander 2, not quite as good, but what Highlander 2 had was just this idea of like life force that your body has an amount of life force and Sean Connery at one point summons all of his life force into one point anyway that's kind of from row to row how I see it that every time you sit down to row you have a certain amount of energy available and that's what I call the bowl of power so you sit down you have a full bowl of power you do a session like this you're only going to use at maximum about half of that bowl of power and then you're spending your time on a session like this giving yourself a bigger bowl refining that energy so that it can be used more efficiently too and then you go to a mid-tier workout and that will use a good three quarters of the bowl and that works on mostly just efficiency how it's able to keep you going as you row and then the top tier ones workouts well they end up using the entire bowl of energy that you've got but also they work out how to supercharge that bowl of energy so you can go faster so from that analogy the bigger bowl you've got the faster you'll be able to go and for longer so use this session to give you a bigger bowl of power so that when it does come to me asking you to row fast you've got a full bowl right hang on I'll continue this analogy 
very briefly after our first set of power strokes which are coming up after this stroke so here we go full power it's all about pushing with the legs think about connecting that point when you push into the machine and that point when your handles or your hand sorry and the handle picks up the flywheel one more good job and then back to 2k plus 18 now just one last thing to wrap up my bowl of power which I see is like a big silver pewter bowl with lots of hammered dents in it and every time you row something like this it smooths the sides of the bowl makes it bigger but like I say a workout like this will use up about half of your tank of fuel of power but then because you're only using half of it by the next day it's completely filled itself up again so if you do a bottom tier row like this and then tomorrow is a mid tier intensity you've got that full tank because you've done this bottom tier the day before and then even if you're facing into a top tier that empties your tank and then the next day you sit down and your tank has only really got to about half to three quarters full using tank and bowl hopefully you understand I mean the same thing <laughs> So if it's only refilled to about, let's say three, half to three quarters, then you just do another bottom tier session and that will help your bowl fill back up again, ready for the next day's session. And if you can just think about it that way, about where is your bowl of power how are you feeling then hopefully you won't run out of energy for your sessions and that's why even through this 30 days of 30 minutes thing that I'm doing I'm still 
kind of rotating the bottom mid bottom top bottom mid etc so that even though I'm not taking any rest days because I'm allowing my body to recharge after the tough ones because of a regenerative row like this one I should be able to keep going through the whole 30 days really I'm gonna figure the only thing that will stop me managing all 30 is gonna be injury possibly possibly work getting in the way too but hey I'll keep on rowing whenever I have the spare hour or so that it takes to make these and hopefully work won't get in the way and then maybe one day I'll find a unfit billionaire who's willing to bankroll me <laughs> so I can give up work and just make videos for you guys oh that's the dream or no I'll tell you what the dream would be that I suddenly get asked to play the drums for some big band and then as I'm touring around the world in between shows I'm then able to make some videos for you folks this is the kind of daydream I tell myself as I lie in bed at night trying to fall asleep I've got such a difficulty falling asleep sometimes slightest noise wakes me up and that drifting off thing oh just takes forever this is why I can't can't sleep on planes because it takes me like 10 minutes to drift off to sleep and if within those 10 minutes there's any kind of noise I just get a huge shot of adrenaline and I wake up and then that's it unable to drift off again tried noise cancelling headphones and stuff but just doesn't work I have to be tucked up like a bug in the rug <laughs> anyway sorry less of my less of my sleeping habits more about rowing 
So we are two minutes to go until the next set of power strokes. And really what I'd like you to concentrate on, especially if you haven't thought about it much before, is that your power comes from your legs, okay? I kind of joked around it in the warm-up, but if you can get away from thinking that this is a pulling action, so many people think that rowing is all about the arms and that the legs are there just to move you backwards and forwards. Whereas, that's totally not true. Your legs are here to explode that power into the machine. Every time you push, you should think about pushing the machine away from you and sending in blue flame of power <laughs> as you do so. And if you have straight arms and you are leaning tilted over your hips into the front of the machine with a good posture, as you push, when you connect your feet to the handle, you should really feel you're hanging off it and that power just surges, flows into the machine. Okay, in, three, two, one. All right, let's try that. So, push, and really feel that hang off the handle. Push, keep those arms straight, and that forward lean, until at least halfway into the legs drive. I totally haven't been putting in much power. Okay, back to normal pace. 2K plus 18. Now I'm only throwing in one of these every nine and a half minutes. Because even if you are feeling fresh today, I don't want you to drain that bowl of power. But by basically splitting this half hour row into 10 minute chunks, you should find that it flies by for you. And that's kind of a big part of what I'm trying to do in this 30 minutes of 30, or 30 days of 30 minutes series, is by doing all of these half hour workouts, you suddenly realize just how short half an hour can be 
and how manageable it is if you're doing the right session. So maybe you're the type that just sits down and does 10 minutes at a constant pace or 15 minutes worth of sprint and rest. And that up until now has been the only kind of rowing training that you've been doing. Then hopefully throughout the course of this month and the 30 sessions I'm putting up, because apart from the odd few, I'm breaking them all up into smaller chunks. Mentally, hopefully, it's not going to feel like you're rowing for half an hour. Time should just fly by. It's a really simple brain hack. And one that works regardless of the distance or time you're rowing for. Like if you're rowing a 10k piece, just break it down into one kilometer chunks and only ever look that far. Don't worry about the whole 10k. Just face into the four minutes or so that it takes you to cover one kilometer and then go to the next one. And not only does that make the time go by a lot quicker because you're not looking to the end of the journey, you're just looking in smaller chunks. It also means that once the intensity kicks in, if you're breaking your row down into smaller chunks, hopefully it won't get on top of you. I've said before about the magic number four, where if I'm rowing and I start to find the intensity is overtaking me, I'll basically just count in strokes of four. So one, two, three, four, then one, two. I'd either keep on doing this to it. <laughs> and what it does is because it keeps resetting every 10 seconds or so, I'm not getting a chance to really linger on intensity. I'm just thinking about resetting my stroke rate. And that kind of distraction of focus onto something else works really well. 
got another thing I do where when it comes towards the end of a 2k or 1k or 500 meters and everything is on fire because you're putting in everything you've got in the closing stages I just concentrate on my pinkies my little finger and just think how are they doing I keep on pushing just as hard I keep the stroke rate up just as high but I just think how's my pinky doing <laughs> red ram <laughs> hashtag red ram uh, and then even just shifting my focus onto them for like 10 seconds is enough that even if the intensity is still as high because I've not been dwelling on it it's like I've come back to it invigorated whereas if you're really just in the last two minutes of a 2k thinking this is awful I'm tired when will it stop this hurts it's just a snowball effect that negativity you're never going to get back out of it so instead of digging yourself deeper or if nothing not being able to dig yourself out of it just jump out of it by distracting yourself with something else there's other things you can do like my sister Pamela she um in fact I spoke about this in the to the 5k plan how she was saying that if you lick your lips when things get tough it stimulates your vagus nerve like a nerve that runs all through your body taken from the word vagabond it stimulates that and then your parasympathetic system comes into play and makes you feel less stressed so if you're ever in a stressful situation if you're able to lick your lips or run your finger over your lips that might be a bit weird though and in fact I keep on thinking if I was in a dark alleyway and someone 
was following me and then they caught me if they were all like give me your wallet and then I stood in front of them and just went and licked my lips in front of them might work, might scare them off or same with going Ooh. oh I've missed the power strokes I was too busy telling a joke right three <laughs> two oh dear one answers on the postcard from anyone who was yelling at the screen idiot you're not doing power strokes I was too busy trying to be funny about being trapped in an alleyway you know, like I said, those 30 second power strokes were just in here to try and break up the 30 minute row anyway. In terms of a training workout, you probably would have been best to just have done uh, 30 minutes of 20 strokes a minute, 2K plus 18. So if we did skip out that last one together, sorry, then that was actually good for you. I'd love to say I planned it, but I didn't. Well, I hope you enjoyed that one. I know I did. Those 10 power strokes really do change the dynamic of that 20 strokes a minute, kind of five, six out of 10 row where you're like, do, 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 this is lots of fun. And then you throw in those 10 power strokes and it suddenly just takes it into another level of exertion. But hopefully you didn't go too hard. Hopefully it was still kind of kept at that relatively kind of roundabout low intensity workout. So let's get into a two minute cool down next, just to make sure that our body is nicely flushed and happy and settled at the end of a tough row okay so you do this roundabout um pretty much the same pace actually you were doing that the 2k plus 18 ish five six out of ten uh, in that uh, main row and then just kind of ease off the pace as we go through these two minutes so here we go then in three two one let's go oh. i know it's kind of it's been a day of 20 strokes a minute hasn't it between the the warm-up was around about 20 the main session was 20 and then this is now 20 but you know what, there is just something to, well, to me, all right, you might, you may disagree, but to me, there's something sweet spotty about 20 strokes a minute, so much you can do with it. You can go for that low intensity fitness building row, you can mix it up with power strokes to just change the dynamic of the row, or you can just go for a full row, 20 strokes a minute and max power. So an interesting test that is like do half an hour at 20 strokes a minute and just see how far you can get for the first five minutes or so you're like yeah, this is all right then the next five minutes you're like oh hang on and then the next 20 minutes you're just hanging on for dear life okay so we're under a minute to go on the cool down so if you want to ease off the pace a little bit please do but of course don't do that by choking your stroke just do it by pushing a little lighter with your feet so want your technique to be as kind of good as you can so you're still leaning into the front still straight arms still connecting your feet to your hands with good timing it's just then the kind of follow through how much of a drive you put in to the stroke that's what kind of attenuates your speed at this point okay two more for me one more 
<sighs> so you don't have to stop cooling down of course you can continue or you can join me for some stretching if you don't have time to stretch then please at least do your quads and your hamstrings okay not in the shower i don't want you to slip and fall over but just find somewhere stretch your quads stretch your hamstrings just to make sure you don't get too tight for the next day so or you can join stretchy john and he'll take you through uh, a series of stretches or you can just join me where i take you through some on the rower stretches just in case you don't have space okay so straps are still loose so i can brace my feet against them put your hands in the air like you just don't care and then fold forwards and i say fold for a reason there okay please this isn't a bend this isn't like a rounding of your upper or lower back you're folding forwards and that's what kind of so it gets you right in these hamstrings. So if you don't feel it, I know I say this every time, but it's so important. If you don't feel it right here in your hamstrings, you're not doing it right. If you feel it behind your knees, if you feel it in your shins, if you feel it, oh, I don't know, where else could you, could you feel it? Or if you don't feel it at all, then either you've got a bend to your knees or you've got the angle wrong of your feet or you don't have that fold right, okay? So it's just play around with the angles and make sure you get your hamstring stretched because... Trust me, a lot of the woes that people think of something else, it's just tight hamstrings. Let's do glutes next. So one leg up on the rail, bring the other leg over so that your uh, ankle or your heel is in the crook of your uh, knee. Bring this knee over in front so that you have a straight alignment in your face, your knee and your foot. Hold it in place. And then if you want to steady yourself onto the back of the machine, you can as you then rotate down into that glute. Oh, <laughs> that wasn't a very... Of all the noises that I could make, that probably wasn't the most... I mean, you, yeah. Don't find many other people that are, that are gonna go, oh, as they stretch. Most of them are like, hey, here we go. Feel the burn right into your, your butt muscle. It's, it feels so good, doesn't it? Yeah. Whereas I'm like, oh. <laughs> Let's change legs, see if I make the same noise. Oh, kind of. Maybe it's just age. There we go, right? So, same thing, and they just rotate down. It's like, <laughs> you get to a certain age where you can't get up out of a chair anymore without going, oh, making some kind of a noise, or sitting down. Sitting down in a comfy chair or getting out of a comfy chair nowadays, um, I make a noise. <laughs> uh, right, so yeah, so carry on, and make sure and keep that kind of the pressure on your knee coming across your body, because that's where really the majority of the stretch is coming from, is that, and then the rotation just kind of helps a little bit. Let's do those quads next. Oh. So I'm going to stand up next to the machine. Gonna just light finger on the monitor just to help myself because I'm a little bit unsteady still. And then hold, flick your... Oh, oh, oh no. Um, hold your heel against your backside. So you've, I've flicked my leg up so that my heel is against my backside. And then I'm just putting enough of a pull on the upper part of my foot to create a nice stretch in my quad. I'm not trying to rip my quads out of the sockets, out of the hip sockets, or, quad, or my lip, you know what I'm trying to say, not my quads, but you get what I mean. Um, I'm just trying to, trying to put in a nice little stretch here. Let's change legs, see if I can do this one without holding on to anything. Oh, no. <laughs> Try again. There we go. Okay, so, don't know if you can see, but I'm holding on to like an up, the upper part of my foot. I'm not on the toes. I know I'm starting to say the same thing every time, but it's kind of, it's a useful, it's a, these are all very useful reminders to talk about. It's not like I'm saying this because I've, uh, I don't have anything else to say. It's just that this is very important that, because if you hold on to your toes, you can end up really, that kind of the tendons that run up 
through your ankle. You can really kind of hyper stretch then. So let's do hip flexors next. I'm going to do this one with both with knees on the ground again. So back knee is on the ground, front foot is up with the knee above it. Or not up, you get what I mean. Front foot is on the ground. Uh, so I've got 90 degree angles in both. And then I'm going to push this hip, the hip that has the knee on the ground, forward. So whoop. So keep a good posture and then push the hip forwards so that your back leg, the angle opens up and your front leg, the angle closes down. I hope for podcast listeners that makes sense. Apologies if it doesn't. It's quite a hard one to describe. What I'd recommend is jump onto one of the um, YouTube videos and just take a look at the stretching section and you'll see me doing this stretch. Important part here is posture, okay? So try and keep a good posture, a uh, good line between your shoulders and your hips as you do this. Because if you lean forwards, just that stretch is gone. Okay, so. Ah, there we go, swap legs. So again, so foot flat on the ground, knee above it, and then the back one, knees on the ground, toes are on the ground rather than a flat foot, because that would be tough. And then push that hip forwards, keep a good posture. And then you should feel it right at the top, right in your hip flexor, you should get a nice stretch. And really, when you think about what we've just done, we've stretched the hamstrings, then the quads, then the glutes, then the hip flexors, it's like that entire, muscle system around here it just just gets so much use when you're rowing between the actual power you're putting into it to the um uh stopping yourself at the back of the stroke and then getting back from that lean back into forwards there's like an element of hip flexor there and, and yeah so there's a lot of work goes into this quadrant of your leg and i mean you should probably stretch your calves and things as well because they do get activated but um i tend to do them afterwards because i've got dodgy calves, so, um, but yeah, you should do them. I'll, I'll make a video at one point showing you what to do for them if you're interested. Forearms next, so push your hands together in front of your face, make sure and push them, and then bring them down in front of your chest while still pushing them together, so you should have a nice right angle between your forearms and your fingers, and that should, you should, if you're pushing, you feel like you've got a nice stretch into your forearms here, and actually your fingers should get a nice little stretch too. Um, because after all, if you're uh, holding onto the handle by kind of hooking over rather than gripping tight, then there's a chance that your fingers will seize, kind of, not seize, but, well, yeah, actually seize into, if you're not, because I tend to, as I'm coming forwards, like on the recovery part of the stroke, I'll sometimes just like wiggle my fingers, like playing the piano on the handle, just to kind of move my fingers. But if you don't do that, if you're constantly in this kind of hooked position over the handle and you're never moving your fingers, then they can, you can come off going, oh, I can't move my hands. So that stretch is quite a good way to um, open your, kind of ease your fingers off again. Right, next up, let's do, uh, oh, I didn't do shoulders, sorry. I can do it this way, in fact, because I hardly ever go this way. So hands straight out in front of you, then bring it across your body and then hold it against your body with your other arm. So see, there's like a straight line now um, going right across my body. And that gives a nice stretch up into your delts, your kind of upper shoulders. And again, your shoulders shouldn't really take that big a, a beating from rowing. They, 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 they're more like the conduit of power rather than the generators of power. Um, remember, the generator of power is your legs, and it's like it's all going up through your body, and it's only really that finishing part of the stroke is when you use your, your arms and your upper body. So, um, yeah, like I say, it's the, the tendons and ligaments, just swapped arms, by the way, tendons and ligaments of your shoulders are there as a conduit for the power rather than uh, than you actually kind of grabbing against the stroke with your shoulders. If you find you've got short, short shoulders, <laughs> yeah, Sean Connery's rowing with his short shoulders. <laughs> no, Mr. Mr. 
No, I said, no, 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 Mr. Bond, I expect you to row. Oh, I did a video doing that once, didn't I? That's one of the outside ones. I sat in my little egg chair and I said, said that, didn't I? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to row. Yeah, sorry, I'm going off on one. Okay, right, now I can get to my biceps. So here we go. So hands behind you as though you're flying, as though you're a ski jumper, and then rotate your thumbs outwards. And this stretch is the long head of your bicep, okay? And just gives you a nice wee stretch into them. Uh, again, your biceps really shouldn't be really taking that big a kicking. I mean, if you if you get a chance to set a mirror up in front of you, it's quite interesting to not only to to look at what's going on in your stroke. I mean, I've got um, I've got three mirrors because I'm so vain. <laughs> I've got three mirrors that sit in front of me so that I can see me at uh, different parts of the stroke. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pure vanity, um, and it's interesting seeing at what point sometimes muscles flex, muscles bite. Um, and especially if you know when they're meant to and you kind of go, oh, hang on, I'm grabbing too early here. Uh, right, uh, triceps, so put one hand up in the air, down your back so it touches your spine, use your other hand to then help that elbow back. Ooh, tight tricep today, and point it to the sky. Um, yeah, so if you can get a mirror in front of you and then you can look at when your, especially your biceps or your, your arms, you can see at the point when they kind of connect to the handle. That whole thing in like in the warm-up when I'm talking about connecting your feet to your hands, if you can see it in a, uh, a mirror, it's really helpful. I mean, again, videoing yourself and watching the video and just seeing that point, you can often see like a jerk jolt of your hands or your arms, sorry, at that point when you connect, swap arms. Um, and so just watching that, I mean, the amount of times, uh, like when I get sent videos, people send me videos of their technique, and the first thing you can see is this really late jolt of their arms. So their, their back is already leaning back. And then you see like a jolt of their arms at the point where they've connected to the handle. It's really quite obvious. So if you get a chance to film yourself side on, like, there we go, it's me done stretching, the way I film these, and then watch it yourself, you can see quite a lot of your stroke. And of course, if you want, send it to me and I'll give you my tuppence worth as well. Um, I'll give it a little look over. So if you want to send it to info at rowalong.com, Please do, uh, completely for free, I'll give you a technique review, it's just what I do. Um, yeah, so anyway, there we go, that's us done. So uh, it, was a, it was a good old low intensity um, row with a little bit of spice, a little sprinkle of peri-peri Nando's dust across the top of it uh, to make it a little bit more spicy today, wasn't it? So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, next up, I can't remember, next, next up should be, I think it's a medium intensity for day uh, nine, I think. Can't remember. I should really, I really should read my show notes, shouldn't I? So, <laughs> anyway, whatever it is, if you're doing this, uh, these in order, then I will see you in that one. Or you can pick one of the many, many, many other workouts I have here, or check some of my app reviews or technique reviews. Do whatever you want. Just watch, like, whatever, comment, say hi, um, and yeah, I hope you hang around the channel for a while. So until I see you in another video, please take care of yourselves. Be well. Bye bye.